Glad you're here with us in the studio. And uh, we're in the book of Galatians. We've been there since April. We're in the third chapter, so you can go ahead and be turning there in your Bibles while I just say a few things before we dig in this morning. Uh, this will be session number 33 in our uh, Galatians teaching. And uh, it's July the 13th, 2018. I like to say these things so we'll be able to know where we're at along the way, not just some teaching. It doesn't really matter, I don't guess, but we'll know when it was recorded and all that. So, uh, And as well, before we give you any more information about our stuff here at Crossway Church, I want to make sure you know all our new viewers that we have a little 62-page booklet entitled All God's Works Are Done in Truth. It's derived from Psalms 33:4, which I promise you, if you know the truth is Jesus Christ and Him crucified, that this little booklet will bring much clarity uh, in the Word of God to your heart. And uh, I'm just excited uh, to be able to offer that to you. $15, you can get your copy. Just donate on our website, thecrosswaychurch.com, and we'll mail it right out to you. We've got six or seven CD series, preaching CD series. These are the, really the last two that we recorded, The Righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and the Power of God's Love. Uh, these are $25 each. If you get any three of them, though, you can have them for $60, and uh, they just will bless your soul, and they help us do what we're called to do around here with the finances and and uh, we're thankful to be able to get these out to you if you want them for your convenience of listening. So uh, we're, we're just always excited to get into God's Word. It's the most precious commodity that we have on the planet. It's more important than our families and our money, than our health. It's more important than anything that exists is the Word of God because it, it, it explains who God is and what God desires and really who we are, where we're headed, and the choices we have and our predicament we're in and the way out. It, it's the answer for everything. It is God's Word, and I'm thankful that we have it, and I don't want to ever just take that for granted and, and become complacent with my Bible. I want to uh, read it, study it. I want to seek God in it, and I want to bring it to church when I come to church. And I, I just want to, uh, I want to know the Word of God because the Word of God is God. Amen. John chapter one verse one two. A uh, couple more things. Our YouTube channel, uh, Curtis Hutchinson three sixteen. They tell me that we're uh, streaming live even on our YouTube channel now. And they also tell me that it's a better picture for some reason on YouTube and that there are less breaks, less uh, buffering on your end. We don't buffer on our end. We pay high dollar to keep from buffering on our end. Uh, $675 a month to keep from buffering on our end. So, But I, they tell me that if you watch uh, the streaming uh, on Facebook Live, there may be some buffering, or if you watch it on our website, there may be. But for some reason, if you watch it on YouTube, uh, there's not any of that breaking off or whatever, and it's a better picture. And I also want to encourage you to go to my YouTube channel. Again, it's Curtis Hutchinson 316. Subscribe to the channel and, and click on whatever you have to click on to get notifications so that when we begin a live stream or I post a new broadcast, you'll just get a little thing and it'll tell you that there's a new episode there for you to hear. So uh, uh, you can email me at any time at Curtis Hutchinson 
at att.net. If you have any questions or any comments you'd like to put out there, we answer questions with Scripture all the time, every single day. Somebody on social media has questions they want to ask, so we open the Bible and we give them God's answer. Amen. And uh, also, uh, you can be my Facebook friend. I have two Facebook uh, pages, Pastor Curtis and Curtis Hutchinson. So avail yourself to the gospel that we preach. It is the same gospel Paul preached, and we do not waste time about it. Uh, that is what we preach and teach, so praise God. We are here today in the book of Galatians chapter 3, and where we will take off from is verse 22. But before we do, let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to stand here before you and this people today to have the opportunity with all the technology that you've given us, Lord, to be able to share your word in its truthful and righteous context as it relates to your Son, Jesus Christ, and all that you've provided us through Him. Lord, I pray for a greater revelation of Him today, of your Son, Jesus, that you would give us our daily bread, that we could walk and move and have our being in you, that our faith would be, Lord, a real legitimate faith that overcomes and, and teaches us, Lord, how to, how to have victory and walk in victory and how to encourage ourselves in who you are. And I thank you for what you're about to impart into our hearts today, and we ask it in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Galatians 3 and 22, the Bible says, but the scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. And, and I just want to make a couple of comments about this. The scripture has concluded. That means God has determined that all are under sin, bound under sin. The scripture has concluded all under sin. Every man and woman that's ever been born into this world uh, at the reproduction way of a man and woman's uh, relationships uh, has been born in sin. They didn't become a sinner when they started sinning. They started sinning because that's who they were. That's who we're born as. We're born in sin. You're a sinner when you get here. And I understand the fact of the age of accountability. That does not pardon the truth that you're born a sinner. You're born guilty. And uh, that's just what the Bible teaches. And the, right here we see it. That God has concluded all under sin so that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ. That doesn't say your faith in Him, although it takes your faith in Him. But, but here the Bible says what it means. So if you have a version of, of some translation of a Bible that changes this to say that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe, uh, you need to be careful with that because it is the faith of Jesus that got us what we have. He had to live as God expects us to live, that God uh, had to have, uh, he, God demands that we be perfect, we be holy, we be righteous. None of us have ever been, but God demands it. And the only one that ever lived that way was Jesus Christ. He, but he had to live by grace through faith. 
And he did, because the, here's another uh, a manifestation of that in the Scriptures, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them. What's going to be given to us that believe? The faith of Jesus Christ. His faith. The faith he manifests. The faith he lived by. He lived by grace through faith. And Hebrews 2 and 9 says that he tasted death by the grace of God. Jesus lived by what the Holy Spirit was doing in him, leading him by faith. Hebrews uh, chapter 9 uh, also tells us that it was through the eternal spirit that Jesus shed his blood. So Jesus was fully God and fully man, but Jesus didn't live as God. He lived as man because God required man to be perfect, and Jesus was perfect. He lived as a man, perfect man, without sin, but he had to live by faith, and he did live by faith, and his faith took him all the way to the cross. He was obedient to the command he was given by his Father to lay his life down. That means that he had to have faith in what his father had told him. He had to have faith daily to do what his father told him to do. At one point, Jesus said, I don't say a word unless I hear my father saying it. I don't do anything unless I see my father doing it. That means he lived by faith in what his father was instructing him to do. So the Bible is correct here when it says... By faith of Jesus Christ. Yes, it takes our faith in Him. But here both are mentioned in the one verse. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. So it mentions both. As we believe upon Christ, our sins are forgiven because His faith is given to us. Amen. And I know I've said this before, but it's worth saying again. Sometimes it just goes one ear and out the other instead of dipping down into the heart. But the only place to believe in God is in Christ. And the only place to believe in Christ is in His sacrifice. It's the only in place. The moment you believed in in Christ, you were placed in Christ. You received His faith. It's His faith you live by. Paul would say that in Galatians 2.20. The life I live now in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave Himself for me. See, he points back to Calvary. That faith that took Christ to the cross, that same faith is what we've been given the promise of faith. The promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, and, he, and the Bible here is talking about the faith of Christ. Before faith came, we were kept. Paul's talking about him and the whole world. Everybody. The Jews alike. We. Everybody. Was kept under the law. Shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Listen, this is so powerful and so unknown. We need to understand this. Before faith came, we were kept under the law. And we'll see this as we go on in our study today. But all those people that were under the law were limited. They could not have everything we have today. They only lived in types and shadows. Were they saved? Yes, they were saved. But they didn't go to heaven when they died. They went to Paradise. They went to Abraham's bosom. They could see across the great abyss where there was no passing, but they were there. They were not in heaven. And, and, and they, they were very limited. 
and, and they lived in types and shadows. They only had animal sacrifices and all that, as we will see later, hopefully today, that was, was an age, the age, the era of great, of, of law. And in God's eyes, even though people were being saved, in, in God's eyes, it was the plan through the ages of the, the growing revelation of Jesus Christ or a growing decline in immorality and sin and destruction because you're either in one of those paths. But even, even, even in the Jewish people among those that God gave the word and God would bring the Messiah, under the law they were just servants. They were servants, and we'll see that in the Scripture. Yes, they were being saved, but they, they only held the status, really, of servants because under the law, you can only serve the law. And we'll see that today. He says, before faith came, and he just told you what faith that was in verse 22. So he's saying, before Christ came and did what he did, we were kept under the law shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Now, I have to talk about something today that I've mentioned several occasions. I really mention it quite often, but, but we need to really look at this. Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Because the, us Gentiles, we, when we hear the word law, we just kind of throw that off with the old Jewish, the Israelites. We just kind of throw, well, that was the Jewish people and they were under the law. And yes, God gave them the law, the ceremonies, the, 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 all the things that he gave them, the, 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 the civil law, the moral law, the, the, all the things that God gave them or really the world, he gave it through the Jewish people. He gave it to them. But nevertheless, I'm going to show you in the Word today how the very law of God, we proved that the works of the law were, were written in our hearts as well as Gentiles. So watch this in Romans chapter 2, verse 14. And this is something that everybody, I know a lot of Christians hear me, even here in Crossway Church, they hear this, and, and, and I'm going to start saying this a lot. It goes one ear and out the other. It doesn't dip down into the heart. The heart is what grabs a hold of the Word of God. It, it, scripture can go in one ear and out the other, and we can just be in a state of, you know, whatever. I already know what I need to know. Let me tell you something. You don't know near enough. I got news for you. You and I are desperate today, whether we realize how desperate we are or not. And God ain't going to work in my rebellion. God ain't going to work. He's not going to work if I receive His grace. Hallelujah. By faith. Glory to God. So today, I, I, want, I want this to do more than going an ear and out the other ear. I want your heart to grab this today because you need this to be able to help other people. You need this for your own self. Because it reveals quite a lot concerning us. And Romans 4, I'm sorry, Romans 2.14 says, Because when the Gentiles which have not the law, see, they weren't, we weren't given the Ten Commandments, we weren't given all the things that Israel was given, but we do by nature the things contained in the law. These having not the law, that's you and me, are a law unto themselves. Here's how it happens which show the work of the law written in their hearts. Where's the works of the law? It's written in your heart. The works of the law is written in our hearts as Gentiles, even though we're not of the Jewish nation. 
And we didn't have the law. It don't matter if you were over there and had the Ten Commandments or not. You're still born under the law. And you prove that the works of the law are written in your heart. And it says here how it works. Their conscience also bearing witness. See, everybody's born with a conscience. And our conscience bears witness with that law. And their thoughts, the meanwhile, accusing or else excusing one another. And I've used this illustration quite often, and I'm not going to stop. If you're doing something that's benefiting me, even though it's sinful and wrong, we're both living in sin, we're living in the flesh, you're doing something that's sinful, but I'm getting something out of it, well, I'm not going to, I'm going to excuse it. That's okay. God knows our hearts, hallelujah. I'm going to excuse it, but the moment you tick me off, the moment that stops benefiting me, or the moment somebody comes and says, hey, what's all this? Oh, no, it ain't mine. We're going to start accusing them. That's what we do. That's, that's what happens under the law. We need to remember that even as saved, born-again children of God because when we start accusing people, judging people wrongly, condemning people wrongly, that means we've gone back under the law. When we're gossiping about other people, that only happens under the law. The works of the flesh take place under the law. Under grace, we learn how to keep our mouths shut. Under grace, we learn how to be bold and say what needs to be said when it's said. We, listen, we can pretend and fake it for 90 years. God sees who's under law, and God sees who's under grace. And even the children of God who are existing and just going through the motions, but they're really living in the flesh, which takes place under the law, excusing sin. Well, you know, God knows my heart, and, and we excuse while we're talking about them, and we excuse. But boy, when somebody talks about us, bless God, you don't be talking about me like that. You hear me now? That, those are what happens under the law. We prove that the works of the law are in our hearts. We're all born in sin under law. Even though we're not born an Israelite under the Ten Commandments, we're born in sin because we can't keep the law and we prove it because all we do is go around judging people, condemning them, accusing them, or if we're getting something out of it, we'll excuse it. Amen or oh me. Most of the time it's oh me and help me Lord. But that ain't, that, but that ain't gonna get you nothing. You've got to determine, Lord, I don't want to be like this anymore. I don't want to keep living like this. And we can say those words too and they just be words. It's when our hearts break for sin in our lives. It's when we decide, and we have to decide, I don't want to just sit in church anymore. I want to be being changed. I know I've been this way for 50 years, but Lord, I don't want to be this way anymore. And when sin begins to break your heart, then you're going to begin to experience the power of the cross. Not until then. If you think you're okay and you're just saying the words that are just habitual words, you know, and you really have no intention of changing, you're not going to change. 
When sin begins to break your heart, when you begin to look at the cross and you begin to see what it took to get you out from under that place where all we do is accuse and excuse sin, then the more we look at what it took to get us out of that, the more our hearts are going to break when we sin. Christians don't like sin. Not only do we not like sin in your life, but I hate sin more in my life than I do in yours because it's affecting me more in my own life. So if I'm going around and and I'm judging myself better than them and maybe not quite as holy as them, all that happens under the law because I'm judging, I'm excusing, I'm accusing, I'm excusing myself. You know, when I can sit and I can hear the gospel message and I can say, well, I'm all right, you know, I, you know at least I ain't like them, that happens under the law. When I sit in church and I'm hearing a gospel message preached and I'm, I'm looking around everybody to see who should be getting this, that happens under law. I should be getting this. Hallelujah. <laughs> when I'm looking around to see how everybody else is responding because bless God, they sure needed to be here today. That's under law, man. That's under law because we're sitting there Sitting there, living out life like we're some judge. Instead of us coming to worship, us coming to, instead of us coming to worship, we come stand around and see who's worshiping. Well, bless God, they need to learn how to worship over there. No, you need to learn how to worship. Amen. I'm preaching to myself this morning. Hallelujah. I need preaching too, <laughs> but y'all do too. So the point is this morning, and this is, the law we were all born under because we're all born sinners. Can't keep it. If you can't keep the law, you're a sinner. And can't nobody keep it but Jesus. And through our faith in Him, the law is fulfilled. But I wanted to point that out today because this is where we were being held until we heard the gospel. Faith came. The faith of Christ was being offered when we heard the gospel. And... Uh, the whole time all of Israel was under the law, they were under a schoolmaster. They were under a tutor. The, the, all the Old Testament, even though they were saved, they were, it was limited what God could do because it was types and shadows. It was not the light being revealed to them in its fullness. It was all types and shadows. And we need to never forget that, that we have so much more today. The prophets... They sought diligently that which they prophesied about. They wanted to know. They were prophesying things to come, but they wanted to know. Uh, in, they wanted to really know what it was they were prophesying. They didn't know because it was all in types and shadows of Christ. Even though they prophesied everything that would come to pass and Jesus showed up and it came to pass, they didn't know back in that day because they were, listen, under the law, all you can do is be pointed to where you need to be. So that confirms what I always say about people that go back under the law, this Hebraic roots movement, these Christians that are going back under the, the celebration and the rites and the rituals of the law, focus on the law and all the ceremonies. Listen, all God can do under the law is point you back. You've gone back into a place of servanthood instead of sonship. Amen. And we'll see that in the Scriptures. Under the law, you just serve the law. And it's a place of condemnation and death, separation. Never forget that death is separation. 
And the law was a ministry of death. So that means there was always a separation to some degree between the people of God who were the people of God and God. Amen. They, they, when they died, I've already said this, they couldn't go to heaven because they were only living in types and shadows. Now, praise God, when Jesus came, the fullness of the Scriptures, He went into paradise and got them out. He told the thief on the cross, Today you'll be with me in paradise. Why would Jesus have to go to paradise and not heaven when He died? Because He had to go get them folks out who believed on Him that He would one day come. Those who went to paradise had believed that the law pointed to Him. All the law can do is point you to where you need to go to get back in justification on the path of the just. Never forget this. All the preachers out there today who are using God's Word in an unrighteous manner, just telling the people what they need to be doing if they want to be saved, what they need to be doing if they want to experience the power of God and be delivered, what they need to be doing instead of what Christ did. Listen, all God can do for them is point them through other ministers, through other children of God, back to the cross. Back to what justifies. If we take our faith out of the cross, then we will leave the path of justification, the path of the just. Even though we're still justified, we can leave the path of the just. There is a difference between you being just, justified, and being on the path of the just. The, 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 the proof of that is what I preached Wednesday night. Peter left the path of the just. Paul had to stand and rebuke him to his face in, before all the people there to get him back on the proper path. Even though you are justified by the blood, you can leave the path. And if you leave the path, you go back under law. There is nowhere to go. It doesn't matter how much you cry, how many worship songs you sing, how many messages you preach. If you leave faith in the cross, you leave grace and you go back under law. And under law, all you can do is get on Facebook every day and wonder why the preachers now are preaching the cross. That's God taking you, getting your attention, and pointing you back to the way you should be going. Because never forget this, under law, all God can do is point you back to Christ. That's what the law is for, and that's what we'll see here. He says, Wherefore, verse 24, the law was our schoolmaster. That, that word really means, it's, it's P-A-I-D-A-G-O-G-O-S. You want to try to say that? Pedagogos. And that won't never work because we're from Texas. But it's our tutor. It's our schoolmaster. All Look, to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. Why does the law have to point us to Christ? Because it can't get the job done. Under the law, we're dead in our sins. Yes, we can be saved. Remember, all the people in the Old Testament were under law even though there was grace offered them. But it was not what we have. When we die today, to be absent from this body is to be in the presence of the Lord. The temporary stuff is over. We have the real, the full deal right now. The Bible says, as if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Amen. That, this is good. The law can only 
point you. It can only be your tutor, your schoolmaster, which really the, the pedagogos means you're a child conductor. Under the law, you go back to being like a, a child. In Jewish days, uh, even though you were the son of this man, until you reached the age of sonship, you were just a ch considered a ch in, a, in a status of child and servant until you reached the age of sonship. And, 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 and this is taught in Hebrews chapter 12 and, uh, and other places, but under the law, you're just like that child and you're under the law. And God deals with you through the law. But when you come to faith in Christ, God no longer deals with you as a servant under law. He deals with you now as sons and daughters of God. Amen. Amen. He doesn't deal with us now on, through the avenue that He once did, through the law. He deals with us now as children of God. That's special. That's powerful. We're no longer servants, although we serve God. We're no longer considered, classified as servants under the law. We're classified as children of God. Yes. Amen. Because we're no longer under the schoolmaster as children. We've become sons and daughters of God. That's what the Bible here, let's look at it again. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster... To bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now you have to just think for a second how mad the Jewish, the Judaizers, the, 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 the Sanhedrin would be at Paul for making this comment. Because Paul here is saying the law, oh, so Paul's just saying that the law, its purpose was only to point us to Christ. That wasn't the law's only purpose, but that was the law's ultimate purpose. The Bible, we covered it last week, was given because of transgression. The law was given because of transgression. The law strengthens sin. The law puts sin in motion. Romans 7, 5. The law is perfect. It's good. It's, it's right. But it can't, it can't do what it needs to do, what God wants done because of our Weak flesh. We can't obey the law. So this is, this is something we need to think about. As Gentiles, as Jews, whoever we are, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. This lets us know that God's not using the law anymore for anything other than what He's always used it for. Yes, it'll always be used to look at for moral. You shouldn't kill. You shouldn't commit adultery. You shouldn't covet. You shouldn't all these things. And those are just moral. the moral laws that we can now live by faith in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. But no, I'm going to give you another scripture this morning. I want you to make sure you don't forget it. Write it down. Highlight it in your Bible. It's Romans chapter 3, verse 19. And two, three of the most important words are the first three words of that verse. Now we know. When, now, who, we, and what we know. Now we know. I'm telling you, that, that, those three words right there are just special to me because now we know. Somebody needs to write a song. I don't know about them, and I don't know about them, but now we know. We didn't know before. 
But now we know, what do we know? Whatsoever the law says, it says to them who are under it. So when the preachers are preaching, if you'll do these three things, God will deliver you. That's the law speaking through them, telling them lawful things to do so they can find the deliverance of God, and it won't work. See, the law is speaking to those who are under it. I was a preacher of the law for years and destroyed lives. If you're telling anybody, if you'll go to church, read your Bible, pray, fast, give tithes, give offerings, blah, 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 all those good things we should be walking in faithfully. I'm going to say that again. All those good things we should be walking in faithfully. They can't none of them save you and they can't none of them deliver you. They can't none of them sanctify you. But why? Because that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. Amen. Now, Christ can be by His Spirit working those things through you, but He can only do that by His Spirit if your faith is in the cross. Because all God's works are done in truth. Amen. Now, watch this. Now, we know, and let me emphasize on that part again, we are those who are walking where Paul walked with our faith in the cross alone. Those who are still dabbling around in the law and teaching that the government of twelve, the purpose-driven, the, the confession of the Word, and anything other than faith in the cross, those people are under law. Doesn't matter they say they believe Christ died for their sins and now they're justified. They, like Peter, have gone back under the law and then they don't like people like us who keep pointing them, you've got to get out of that, man, that you're under the law. Mm. Now, we know, we can't hardly get away from it. We are those who have our faith in the cross alone. We be few in number. We are all over the world, but we be few in number. We were just in the Philippines. The preachers over there don't have a clue about this. And if the preachers don't, the saints don't. Amen. We know. We're, Paul's talking about people who follow me as I follow Christ. People who believe when I say I'm determined to know nothing else. People who believe when I say that the law only pointed us to Christ. Now faith has come, the faith of Christ. Now we've been redeemed by the blood of Christ, not by what we do, but what he did. That's the we. And not those who say that on their sign out by the road or who have it on their website, but those who preach this because they now know. The reason they don't preach it is because they don't, they still don't now know. Remember, now faith is the substance. What faith is that? The faith of Christ. That's the faith we live by, isn't it? Galatians 2.20. So if right now faith is my substance, right now it's the faith of Jesus Christ that's my substance. That means the power of the cross is how I live. Hallelujah. Y'all want to get up and do a little dance right now? I'm telling you, it's by his faith. When his faith comes, law, we say goodbye. I'm no longer a servant under law. I'm a son of God now. Hallelujah. I'm a child of God. I'm no longer under law. He, he got me out of there. He, he forgave me, delivered me, and told me, look, never go back there. It's not about what you do. It's all about what I've done for you. Hallelujah. That's good news. But let's look at Romans 3.19 again. Now, we know... That whatsoever the law says, it says to them who are under the law. 
That is huge. That means when somebody starts preaching law, I can't hear you. <laughs> I won't listen to you. Click. I, it's been changed. The channel, that is. If you're preaching law, I got news for you. You may be mad at me, but you're going to start losing your congregation because there's other ministers preaching grace. Hallelujah. And God's people are dying under law. They're perishing under law. The law is a ministry of condemnation and death, which is a judgment we can't handle. It's a judgment that leads to condemnation and shame that we can't handle. We can't bear that. But Jesus took it to the cross. Hallelujah. All our shame, all our guilt, all our condemnation. He took it and nailed it to himself on the cross. Praise God. And that was our escape from being under law, trapped, shut up unto the faith. But when the faith came, my goodness, we came out from under that law, delivered us from under the law, and now the law don't even talk to me. Hallelujah. Because I'm not under it. You remember, how many know them old, uh, y'all don't remember this, Jerry Clower and all them Ledbetter boys from Mississippi and that one boy, I don't remember his name, he'd say, I ain't going to listen. <laughs> some of y'all remember that? That's who I am when it comes down to some preacher trying to tell me what I got to do to be saved, what I got to do to be sanctified, what I have to do. I ain't going to listen to you. I'm done. I don't have ears to hear that anymore because only those under the law is the law speaking to you. So let's talk about this for one second. And that is those who are sitting in congregations who claim they know the message of the cross, but they're listening to a preacher not preaching it, which means he's preaching law. If he's not pointing you to Calvary, there's nothing else to preach but the Word of God in its condemning legal manner. The letter of the law, the letter that kills. Listen, if you're one of those people that claim you're listening uh, to the message of the cross and, and you believe it, but yet you're listening, sitting there listening to somebody preaching the law, that means you're accepting it. You're listening to it. And the law only speaks to those who are under it. Amen. If you go back under law, it's because you begin to listen to the law's voice again. I don't hear the, the voice of law anymore. That means I don't hear the legal, the law of God's word that would condemn me and, and legalize me and, and put me under a law, but I hear God's word coming through grace, the grace of Jesus Christ, and God's word through my faith in the cross becomes my law of liberty. Amen. Not the law that says you must, you must, you must, and if you don't, you die. The Bible shows me Jesus and that He already has. And if my faith is in Him and what He did at Calvary, then the Holy Spirit can teach me the Word and empower me to walk according to the Word. Amen. But it has to be those two things together. Psalms 119.105 Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. But Revelation 21.23 says the Lamb is the light. Well, which is it? Is it God's word, brother? Or is it the Lamb? It is both. Because the word of God is concerning the living Word of God, Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb of God. And unless we look at the Scriptures through the Lamb the cross, the gospel, then we will hold it out of context and it will destroy us. The Word of God will be the letter that 
kills. The Bible can kill you if held in an unrighteous manner. Mm. Good stuff. He says, now we know that whatsoever the law says, this is Romans 3.19, it says to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Mm. Under the law, every mouth will be stopped. You're boasting in your works. There will come an end to it. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, I posted it this morning, my scripture for this day, that the hope of the wicked man perishes along with him. All that they've put their trust in, not only will they perish, but that will perish with them. Their water baptisms, if that's what they're trusted in for salvation, all of that will perish. All their works will perish with them. All of it. Think about this, for example, this morning. The, the, the born-again child of God who, like Peter, who stood up, moved by fear of man, joined the ranks of the legalizers again, and Peter repented and came back to the path of the just. But many today have left grace, claiming they're still in the grace of God, but their faith is no longer in the cross. They've left grace and all that they're doing that they think is a, a move of God, all that they claim they're doing for God. And it looks just like maybe some of the things that you're doing moved by the Spirit, but the Bible teaches that all their works, even though they're going to make it, they're going to scarcely be saved, they're going to make it, but all of their works are going to be burned up and gone as hay and stubble because it was not works of the Holy Spirit. Oh, it was works that looked maybe somewhat just like your works. They were just going through the motions, though, doing what the Bible says to do. But it was just them doing it. It was not because their faith was in the cross and the Holy Spirit was empowering them. Listen, you can start going to church. I, listen, I can start going to church and I, and I can see Fredine reading her Bible and I can want to be just like Sister Fredine. So I can start trying to do my best to be like Fredine. She goes out, if she goes out and feeds the hungry, I go out and stand beside her and pass out bologna sandwiches and bottles of water. Man, and I feel good about this. I'm out here serving God. But her faith is in the cross while my faith is in what I'm doing. God's happy with me today. I'm going to get somewhere now with God. I'm going to heaven now. Listen, even if I'm saved alongside of her out there and my faith can be in what I'm doing, if I'll go feed the hungry with Fredine this Saturday and I can give them water bottles, then I know I'm going to find victory over my sin. Well, guess what? Even though I'm saved when I get to heaven, I'm going to be maybe looking for them rewards for helping Fredine feed the hungry, but they ain't going to be none. Because my faith was in what I was doing. They're going to be burnt up. Everything, let me tell you something just to narrow it down. Everything Christ is not doing by His Spirit today, there will be no rewards for. None. Doesn't matter how much you did. You might have had an orphanage in every state every country, and you took care of children, but if your faith was not in the cross, there'll be nothing, no rewards in heaven waiting on you. Gone. Because it ain't about what you do, it's about what He does through you. Let's never forget that. Jesus is the Creator. He is the Redeemer. Not only will He judge all things, but if anything's being done today that will be fruitful and worth rewards that glorifies God, He's doing that today too. If He ain't doing it by His Spirit, there will be nothing for it. 
and many people are going to show up wondering, or are they going to be thinking, man, when I get there, I'm going to have all these rewards, but there's not going to be anything but the reward of being there in heaven. That's what the Bible teaches. But if we will come back, leave the law. Don't put my faith in the law. Put my faith in Christ. Not say my faith is in Christ. Leave all those programs and put my faith in the cross alone. Then what the Holy Spirit will do through me, I'll be rewarded for. That just speaks of humility and allowing the Lord to be the Lord. Amen. We don't need to forget that. Cute little phrases and sayings like, I, I won't be able to say it this morning, but all that something about the only thing that matters and at the end will be all that Christ did. That, that, that's it. If Christ is not doing it today, there won't be anything for it because everything is by Him, through Him, for Him, and to Him. Everything's about Christ. We say it's all about Jesus. Sometimes I don't think we have a clue. None of us understand that fully. But we need to know a little bit more about that. If it's being done by God, it's being done through Christ. If, Christ is, if it's not the works of Christ, it's not being done by God. And God won't honor it. And I, I used to say this all the time. I need to get back to saying it. God only honors what God does. Now, that made some people mad three or four years ago when I started saying that all the time. But listen, if they want to sit down with the Bible, man, I gave out my email a while ago. God only honors what He does. He doesn't honor what you do. He honors what He does through you. And just because I do something and say it's God working through me doesn't mean it is. If my faith is in the sacrifice alone, then that's God working through me if I'm doing, in fact, what God told me to do. I mean, even though my faith is in the cross, I can go out and do something stupid. Mm -hmm. I didn't know y'all would understand that, but I guess you do. I'm not the only one like that in the world. Or the church. I get a little ignorant sometimes. The law was our schoolmaster. But it was only to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. See, the law is about working. Faith's about believing. And I know a lot of times the church, they hear us talking about law and grace and all they think about, and I'm talking about preachers and saints that are out there under the law and they hear us get up and preach about law and listen if we don't point out the things that are out there that they're using that puts them under the law they're going to sit there and amen us glory to God while we're preaching they're going to think I ain't under the Ten Commandments man thank God I'm not under that I, I hear this brother preaching on TV glory to God I'm not under law I hear that guy on Friday morning talking about law and grace and man I'm, I'm man I'm not under I'm not under law praise God I'm under grace but then all of a sudden that guy in that pulpit says something about the purpose driven the government of 12 the the words you speak the 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 the, the word of faith uh, the all these things that man and now that begins to make me mad now let me tell you something how you know you're under law. Is if people, when the minister of the cross comes against what you're dabbling in out there, putting your faith in the, the promise keepers, the, 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 the accountability program. Well, I got a call. I feel like I, I might go out and just pull a drunk tonight. I, I feel it coming on. I better call Sister Chastity. She's going to she's gonna have to encourage me and help me out now. And listen, 
That's okay if Chastity is going to tell me about the cross and point me back to Jesus. Nail that to the cross. But if I'm just going to call her and she's going to talk, I love you. You know I love you. I'm glad you called. I can carry you through this. No, you can't carry me through this. And when I get off the phone, I'm going to get drunk because she is not my power source. Jesus and what he did at the cross, without the cross, Jesus ain't your power source. Faith in what he did there, that's where he nailed all the temptations, that's where he nailed all the bondages, all the sin, everything that was contrary to the law. That's where he, that's where he took care of it. Not just in his sinless life, no, in his sin-bearing offering. Amen. When he offered himself to God on your behalf, he offered you salvation and deliverance from everything. Amen. And you and I can still be being delivered today. We have not reached a place where we're good enough now. Oh, in the eyes of God, we're seen in Christ, perfect, righteous, holy, and just. But we have a condition here. And that condition can be attacked by our own stinking flesh. And when it is, thank God that he'll raise up a Paul over here and say, Curtis, what, what you doing that for? Not only are you wrong, but look at all those you're leading wrong. Well, bless God. You, you're not, Paul, you just sat down over there. I didn't ask you anything. That's what we do. We get mad when we hear the message of the cross because it is the rebuke to all the works of men. Because the cross is the only work of God that He works through. So we get mad, we throw a fit, but guess what? If we really love God and we love His Word and we care and we want what's right, even though we get mad and throw a little fit, when we get off by ourselves, God begins to deal with us about, you needed that. That was me correcting you. And He does it through showing you what He says in His Word, Scripture. That's right. God never shows up and says, Gladys, you're wrong. Figure it out on your own. Peter was wrong when he stood up and left grace and went back under law. He was wrong. He was moved by fear instead of by faith. And God used Paul to correct him. But what did Paul do? He didn't just say, Peter, you're absolutely wrong. Look, at you're so wrong you've led Barnabas astray. Come on, man, what's wrong with you? Get back over there with them Gentiles. He, he, he just said he didn't do that. He began to talk about justification. You've left the path of the just. Get back. That's what the message of the cross does. Preachers who get mad at hearing the message of the cross, it's only because they're under law. I've been there. I speak from experience. It's not, listen, it's not a swaggered thing. It's not a Larson thing. It's not a Curtis thing. It's a Bible thing. And men who get corrected most of the time don't even know that it's for, at first that it's God in, the, in this, what's happening, rebuking them. In that old warehouse down the road, that was God rebuking me. Oh, you get mad at the minister. I ain't got to listen to that. They don't know what I know. <laughs> and that's what most preachers say. They don't know what I know. I'm past all that. But then God begins to rebuke you, show you where you're wrong. And how he shows you what's wrong is through the Scripture. He's not going to just say, you know what, Freddie, you're wrong. If God just tells you you're wrong and he doesn't bring the correction, which means with it comes right instruction, then he don't really love you. 
And if God just tells you you're wrong, then that means He just kicks you out. And I got news for you. When God tells you you're wrong and He brings a rebuke to you, it's because He's pulling on you. He's pulling on you. When he, when he had me in that old warehouse up there, I was wrong. I had preached wrong. I was just wrong. And he was bringing that rebuke. What he was doing was drawing me. Draw, I was listening to the message of the cross, the, the correct view of the Scriptures. And the Bible says in Jeremiah 31.3 that it's through his everlasting love, that loving kindness, that he draws us. But Ephesians 2.13 says we're made nigh by the blood. And, and this, this just really, I used to stand there, and you've heard me say it many times. I stood there confused about everything except this. God, I know you love me. I know you love me. That's all I'm certain about anymore, God. Standing there in front of those two five-gallon buckets of hydraulic fluid with my Bible opened, so disgruntled, so confused and hurt from what had happened in church world that I, I couldn't really even study the Word. God knew that. That's why He brought the ministers through the radio. Speaking into my... I couldn't even... I love the Word. But have you ever just been so attacked and under something heavy that you wanted to get in the Word, but you couldn't even do it? I'm the only one again. Okay. So you get confused, you get beat up you, by things that go on, by own things you don't know about, and then God will be so faithful to show up in an avenue you didn't even expect. And He begin to speak the words of life to me. And what He was doing, I, because I said, God, I don't know anything except you love me. That's all I'm 100% sure about is that you love me. So God began to reveal that to me. He began to draw me by His love and kindness by ministering through that old sorry old radio hanging on the wall the message of the cross, which is the blood of Jesus that will, through faith, draw me near. It will pull me close to God. Nothing else can. Not a song, not a, not a candle lit, not my feelings or emotions. The, the blood is what draws us near. Because the blood and His loving kindness cannot be separated. The cross is the manifestation of that love. So I would admit to God, all I know is that you love me. So God would say, okay, if that's all you know, I'm going to use that. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to draw you through that only thing that you know is that I love you. I'm going to draw you and I'm going to reveal the truth to you. you better get up and move. That's a wasp. Take your shoe and crush his brains. <laughs> right in the middle of a study, the devil, devil sends a wasp. <laughs> no, it's not a manifestation of God. I know we come out of that, man. People, that, oh, a wasp. <laughs> yeah, it'll sting you. So, all right, we got about six minutes left. But verse 20, let's roll from verse 24 into verse 25. Wherefore the law was, everybody say was. It don't say is. It was our because we're no longer, it was something to us. It was our schoolmaster to bring us to, to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. That tells us the law couldn't do it. There's no justification under law unless you can live it all without sin. No one ever has because we just read in the Word of God where Paul wrote, 
the Scriptures has concluded all under sin. Under sin, you're guilty. So, that we might be justified by faith, verse 25, but after that faith, everybody say, that faith. That faith. Oh, this is good. See, he's talking about that faith. That's the faith of Christ. The faith that led Christ to the cross. The faith we now live by, Galatians 2.20. The faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us. So, verse 25, But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. And God, because we're no longer servants under law, but we're now sons and daughters under grace. Amen. God doesn't deal with us even when we're found disobedient, going our own hard-headed way in the flesh. God does not deal with us by the law, but as a father that disciplines, chastens, rebukes his children. For the sake of, Hebrews 12 teaches, for the sake of, not because he's a mean old God, because he just wants to show his supreme power. No, so that you and I, if we'll receive, if we are children of God, the Bible says he will chasten us. He will rebuke us. Sorry about that, Joseph Prince. God does cause us to repent when he shows us where we've been wrong. And he chastens, he rebukes, he disciplines us for the purpose, Hebrews chapter 12 uh, I think it is verses 5 through whatever, for the purpose of us coming back to bearing holy fruit. Why is that? Because holy fruit is Him being seen in the earth today. Holiness is an expression of Christ through our lives. Not an expression of your preacher, of your denomination. Holy, not an expression that you ain't, ain't had your hair cut in 40 years. And you under some law, holiness is an expression of Christ. For He is our holiness. Hallelujah. And Romans chapter 6 bears out the truth that what made you righteous, which is required to have the fruit of holiness, is your faith in the cross. And if you'll yield to that truth, to serve righteousness, then and only then can holiness be seen as fruit in your life. Amen. But I want to stick with this one scripture because we've got about two and a half minutes. But after that faith, everybody needs to have those two words, that faith is come, we're no longer under a schoolmaster. So why would we go back to the law of doing Instead of grace, it says done. Law says you've got to. Grace says he's already has. Law says you've got to work for it. Grace says it's a free gift. He's already worked for it. And I know, boy, we can get real spiritual about this. Oh, we can have all these spiritual phrases and we just need to go. And it's okay to go back and study the law. If your faith is in the cross, because that's what it points you to. If you're listen, if you're getting when you go back and study the, the ceremonies and the rites and the rituals and the law that God gave the Jewish people, if you go back to that to the point of wearing a prayer shawl, you go back to that to participating in those things, thinking that God is going to move in your life now and your prayer life's going to be greater because you're focused on that. Listen, you've go you've gone back now under a place called law that God 
God can't even function. Christ is not the servant of sin. And all that's happening under law is fleshly lust and sin. Mm. Amen. Think about that. He's, he, he can't serve you under the law. He comes to deliver you from under the law. And God spoke to us in diverse manners, various ways. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. In the past, so those who are looking for manifestations, those who are looking for all these various ways and diverse manners, you got to understand that happened under the law back in that day. That ain't how God speaks no more. In these last days, He speaks to us by His Son. What we better be looking for is Jesus. Where are we going to find Him? In the Word. Hallelujah. And then when our faith is in the cross, the Holy Spirit can reveal the Word of God, impart the Word of God, walk us in the truth of the Word of God, and there we can express Christ as the living Word of God. Hallelujah! That's good stuff. I would turn around and write hallelujah on my chalkboard, but it ain't there no more. Amen. It's been a good broadcast today. I'm glad you tuned in. I'm glad you watched. Please do one thing for me. Hit the share button. Share it out there all over the world. They need to hear it. They need to see it. They need to begin to hunger and thirst. It can't happen. God can't give them what they need until somebody begins to be used by God to share the truth. Amen. God bless you. We love you. And until next week, be determined to know nothing else but Christ and Him crucified. Praise God.